Angels lost to the Rangers last night, and they have one more game against Texas, and they have to go through Nate Evaldi to actually win the series. How can they do that? Well, John and I have answers for you. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and now on SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. A championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicles. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. You can stay in the game with the eBay Guaranteed Fit at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available for U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks for being here for this episode of Lockdown Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Mike, you and I have been fans of this team for years, going way back. And we've been enjoying the success, but unfortunately... Last night was not a success against the Rangers, but we're going to be talking about that game here in just a minute. But we just want to let all of our Locked On Everydayers know that uh, Fan Mail Friday is tomorrow. We're going to do a full episode of Fan Mail Questions. And if you want our thoughts on today's game against Nate Eovaldi uh, versus Shohei Otani, we're going to have all of that on our socials. We'll have our post-game recap. Uh, post-game immediate thoughts for you. So yes, again, a full episode of Fan Mail Friday tomorrow, and then our thoughts on tonight's game on social. So at Lockdown Angels, at Super Halo Bros, and on YouTube. You can even catch it there. So be sure you don't miss out on that. On today's show, we're going to talk about how the Angels can beat Neovaldi. I'm just going to roll with it. And why should we trust GMPM Perry Manassian coming up in the next 40 days or so, Mike, because the trade deadline's coming soon. Let's chat about that game. Uh, in Texas last night, Mike, the Angels lost six to three. Yeah, it was uh, kind of frustrating because immediately early on, we lost Zetto. That's what I said to hey, about him. You remember that the right. other thing? Uh, so it's just trying to save time. Zach Neto was pulled after his first AB hit a side strain. They're going to do an MRI just to see if there's anything happening there. Hopefully, nothing uh, did, is happening there. He didn't even get that AB. They had to pinch hit for Walsh, or Walsh came in to pinch That's hit. That's right. He did. Neto, come yes, in. yes, yes. That's right. And so uh, we're hoping it's just a cramp and. Um, Hopefully he's okay. He, yeah. he got the shaft uh, yesterday on the uh, top rookies in the MLB. And that was a whole nother conversation, but uh, we hope he's okay. John, pitching-wise, my boy, Reed Detmers, looked good. He mm-hmm. had a second straight start where he looked really, really good. Six innings, one earned run. It was a solo home run through 96 pitches and had eight Ks. I love that he went six innings. That's actually He was huge efficient, Mike. He was super efficient this time around uh, getting through those six innings. And uh, yeah, two, one, two, three innings yep. to start the game. The third inning, two outs, then the home run to Leote Tavares, and then another out. And the fourth, two strikeouts and a pop out. Fifth, he got into some trouble. The sixth, he got into a bases loaded jam. And then, dude, he struck out Josh Young and Jonah Heim to get the last two outs and get out of that jam in the sixth. And I was electric, dude. And it was one to one at that point. And so you just felt good. The rest of the way, but Jimmy Herget and Jimmy Herget <laughs> has been somebody who we had a whole show on whole segment on not too long ago where we talked about his pitch selection and his pitch efficiency and effectiveness. And he just hasn't been effective. I know he's pitched prior to last night's game, but he comes in and he gives up 
two home runs. And one of those home runs was a changeup that was a oh. gift to Simeon. He just yes. kind of said, here you go. And Hit he it. just threw it right down the middle. <laughs> and then there was a slider and, and Corey Seager decided who he's notorious for hitting like the first pitch decided to crush it. And that that's just kind of what, it's been like this year yeah. for Jimmy Hergen. He hasn't been effective. His pitches haven't been effective. And with the guys that we have in the minor leagues and the chances that we have taken on some of those minor league guys, having them up in the major leagues, I just got to think Johnny, that there's somebody much better in the minor leagues than Jimmy Hergen. Yeah. And, and then we continue on this trajectory with Tucker Davidson, um, a Renhifo air, which Renhifo had to move to short because Neto was hurt and Urshela still needs some time off. Cause he's got a back issue he's dealing yeah. with. So Renhifo uh, throws the ball to Walsh. It pulls Walsh off the bag. That allows Heim to reach. Young gets to third. Garver singles, drives in Young. Tavares singles, scores Garver. So then it puts it even further out of reach. So at this point, it's 6-1, to one, Mike. And here's what's frustrating. Shohei Otani hits a two-run home run in the top of the ninth. And if the Angels had just done their job, if the yep. bullpen had just done their job in that one-to-one -one tie, and held it. Even if they gave up one run, this Otani home run would have put them over. But I understand that the bullpen's been used a lot, especially in this series. We see Estevez and Davinsky and Webb and Soriano and those guys coming in. Uh, but here's the thing. I think Soriano could have pitched again last yeah. night. Yeah. And Davinsky didn't pitch on Tuesday, so he could have come in on Wednesday. Maybe even Sam Bachman. I know he went two innings in that extra innings game. Mike, I would have even taken Aaron Loop because he yeah. threw two pitches and got Corey Seager out on Tuesday night. Um, it's frustrating because Andrew Heaney went three and two-thirds innings pitch, Mike, and it took him 95 pitches to right. get through that, which is classic Heaney. Right. And he he gave up five hits. The Angels only got one run off of him, and Should it came when Rendon hit this weird double to right field. It dropped in. Trout scored from first. He challenged Adolis Garcia's throw from right field, and and uh, it actually skipped past the the catcher. Oh, it was Garver at the, at that time. Um, Renhifo pops out with the bases loaded in the third. Yep. In the fourth inning, Heaney gets the bases loaded. He gets pulled, and Rendon pops out. So on one hand, it's like bullpen do your job, but on the other hand, the Angels had plenty of chances to score against Andrew Heaney. And Mike, I had to laugh. I don't know if you got to see this part, but when Heaney got pulled, do you, can you make the facial expression that Heaney makes when he gets pulled early out of a game? Do you know that by heart? Because, I don't think I know that. Oh, remind I, me. All Angel fans are familiar with it. Um, and if you're on the audio side, I apologize, but it's just that like, <sighs> like, and I was like, yep, there's that look. I, yeah. I know that look all too well. But he, he got out of it, Mike, because the Angels could just not deliver when they had they runners on base, and they right. helped him out so much. And 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 here's what's frustrating. Can I pull up a graphic here? And if yeah. you're on the audio side, uh, what I'm showing here is just the amount of fastballs and sliders and change-ups that were right in the strike zone. And yes, yeah. there's some inside on the right-handed batter. There's some sliders and some fastballs. But there were so many hittable pitches from Andrew Heaney. He's not doing anything special. He's not doing anything difficult. He's throwing a pretty good fastball and a changeup and a slider, which the slider, most of them are out of the zone. The ones in the zone are ones that you could crush. Um, so all of that to say, it was just like, how, how did we let Andrew Heaney slip through our fingers like that? Especially when he can't even get through four innings on 95 pitches, classic Heaney 
and the Angels really should have capitalized on that. Yeah, and and quite honestly, this isn't like a devastating loss because we did win the first two. And the reason why I wouldn't call it a devastating loss is because I don't think this is on the bullpen. I think this is on the guys that have been terrible in the bullpen. And mm. uh, Herget and Davidson just haven't been good. No. The fact that they're still around is, is surprising. I, I, I think with Davidson, not as surprising because we need that long reliever. But he hasn't been good. But Herget hasn't been good. And, no. and the fact that he's coming in in this high spot, I, I just it, it really bothers me that these pitchers are treated with kid gloves like they're delicate geniuses and they can't actually come in and play <laughs> right like this is what you do this is why you're here and so this usage nonsense man give me the days when you would have somebody go like lee smith he would come in there all the time and save yeah. games that's why he was the major league leader in saves for so long because they weren't just waiting until oh he threw 22 pitches so we're gonna have to wait a couple of days for him to be better we needed soriano and we needed davinsky and i get that you don't want to overuse them i understand that that they've been great the last few games but this is a game that you were in it's one to one and reed detmers is pitching a solid solid game and it's the seventh inning and it's the eighth inning and it's the mm -hmm. ninth inning you're really mm -hmm. only giving these guys one inning and if they're struggling then you can throw in a herget or you can throw in uh, a Davidson. You're right. I would have even taken Aaron Loop in that moment because those those two guys previous previously mentioned they just haven't been good and heard no. it hasn't been good. And so I would expect at some point today a a switch of him going down and somebody else coming up from the minor leagues. Heck, I would even take Chase Silseth back in that role again <laughs> instead of starting because this is what was frustrating in those games that we were losing that we should have won is that the bullpen just couldn't hold it. That's all we're asking them to yeah. do is hold it and yeah. her get first pitch gone, right? And that's just really frustrating. It's super frustrating. You know what else is frustrating? The amount of depth that you and I go into about, hey, what's going on with this player or that player? Uh, some we, we have a complaint, Mike, that we need to address about Mike Trout. Okay. Um, apparently because the, the stats that we've provided that prove that it's not old age, that he's not on the decline, that he's not regressing, not good enough for some oh. of our listeners. They Sweet. they don't want us to sugarcoat it. So instead of instead of talking truth about Mike Trout, who had two walks, scored a run, and had a strikeout and a pop-up and a ground out last night. Uh prior to that, he had four walks in that extended game. Yep. So you can so you know that his plate appearances are getting better. You know he's seeing the ball better, but that's not good enough. So here's what we're gonna do. Mike <laughs> Mike Trout's getting old. Regression's setting in, man. He can't do it anymore. <laughs> he's getting old. He, he can't do it. He's dad now. Uh, he's broken. Mike Trout's not fixable. He's not going to get it together. Sorry, that's just it. That, that's what people want to hear, so that's what we're going to say. Uh, okay, now that we got that out of the way, can we get back to facts and actually what's true about yeah. Mike Trout yeah. and, and not talk about what you what you want us to say, right. but what's actually true is what we're going to tell you. And what's true is it's a timing issue, not a talent issue. Mike Trout is talented, and he's going to be just fine, and he's going to figure it out. And at the end he's of the season— He's already figuring it out. At the end of the season, everybody's going to go, oh— Look at those numbers. He yeah. actually had a really great season. So it's remember, it's a long year. And remember, Mike Trout knows what he's doing. He's been playing a long time. No, no, and no. It's old age. He's done. He's cooked. He's roasted. That's all. <laughs> yeah, Mike Trout's washed. That's what people want to hear. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, the Angels are back at it. 505 Pacific time against the Rangers. We're going to give you a full recap on our socials at Locked on Angels at Super Halo Bros on YouTube. You'll get our full thoughts after the game. And you can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, coming up on Locked on Angels, how can the Angels defeat Nate Eovaldi, who embarrassed them the last time yeah. out? We're going to talk about that coming right up. 
Locked on Angels is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs is a clothing company. It's all about your comfort. Take the Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts, for example. They fit way better than regular shorts because they aren't made of stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, Bird Dog shorts are made of cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches, and this makes you look way slimmer and fits you in a way slimmer way without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink and sweat fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So if you're on the golf course, you're at a meeting, on a date, you don't want to stink on a date, absolutely. Or you're hanging out with friends, Bird Dogs pants and shorts work every single time. So check out birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. You can get yourself a pair of pants and shorts there. And when you do, use our promo code LockedOnMLB and Bird Dogs will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. It's what I'm drinking out of right now as we do the show. Birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB is where you want to go. Use our promo code LockedOnMLB. Again, birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. Go there today. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Locked On Everydayers, join us for Fan Mail Friday tomorrow. Can't wait to get to your questions. We'll have a full day of questions for you. Again, our recap of tonight's game against the Rangers at 5.05 p.m. Get our immediate thoughts right after the game at Locked On Angels at Super Halo Bros on YouTube. Catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. The Angels need to beat Nate! tonight and uh i say nate that way because john and i have a history with somebody named nate in our in our uh brother's career remember the ciy nate um i don't know what you're talking about come on come on uh nate was not somebody we were a fan of so every time we talked about him it was nate Nate. and so we're talking about nate eovaldi and he kicked our butts last time we played them and so we're going to talk about how the angels can actually beat Nate Evaldi this time. So let me just share some numbers with you first, Johnny, and then you can get into some specifics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is 9-2, and two, which mm-hmm. is a really great start. We should have signed him. Uh, 2.49 yes. ERA, 83 Ks. John, his whip is .98, which is fantastic. 172 <laughs> ERA plus, 72% better than league average. Oof. He's got a 217 average against a 24.9 strikeout rate and a 50.9 ground ball rate. Johnny, he's been pretty spectacular so far this year for the Rangers. That's why last night was so frustrating because we could have taken the series in a yep. very winnable game. Now we have to get through Ivaldi in order to do that. So... Uh, I pulled some stats here, Mike, that are kind of telling about Evaldi. So he's 67th. He ranks in the 67th percentile in average exit velocity. So guys are not hitting it very hard uh, av- on average. Um, he ranks in the 69th percentile in expected batting average, which means that the when the ball's put in play, it's usually a pretty easy play for his defenders behind him to get to. He ranks 76th in barrel percentage. That means guys are not barreling the ball against him. They're not hitting the ball with the heavy part of the bat. He's keeping hitters off balance, and he's generating weak contact. But here's the kicker, Michael. He ranks 34th in hard hit percentile, meaning Mm. if a hitter selects a good pitch to hit and makes good contact, it's more than likely going to be hard contact. So the Angels have to be choosy about what pitches they take from Eovaldi and which ones they swing on. How is Eovaldi accomplishing this? Well, I looked up his uh, heat maps for all of his pitches. The forcing fastball is going away from the right-handed hitter, down and in on the left-handed hitter. His splitter, down and in to the right-handed hitter. 
down and away to the lefty. Obviously, the splitter, it goes down. That's what you want from it. The cutter is running away from the right-handed hitter, and then it's running in on the hands of a lefty. The curveball, he's keeping it down in the zone. He will make a mistake with that curveball. Uh, and then the slider down and away to the righty is how he's getting this done with his pitch mix. Now, let's make this really practical. So the last time that he faced us was on May 6th at the Big A, when eight innings, five hits, no runs in five Ks. Oof. So here's here's some of the hits the Angels got off of, of Nate. Uh, Mike Trout had one in the first. It was a splitter, middle of the zone, and in. He got a single, 102 exit velo on that mm -hmm. one. Taylor Ward, hit. Taylor Ward also in the first, a curveball, center of the zone, a single, 102. And then Brandon Drury in the fourth, it was a first pitch cutter down and away. He doubled to left center, 109 exit velo. Uh, he made us look really bad um, in, in that game for eight innings. So there was a splitter that he threw to Otani that was down, and Otani flew out. There was a splitter to Renjifo. He grounded out a cutter in on Otani, ground out a splitter away to Trout and to Ward was a ground out. So I don't know if you're seeing a trend here, Johnny, but <laughs> there, there's a lot of splitters that are either splitters. down and away or coming in, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, so that those are some some indicators as to what he did to us last time we played. So, Johnny, how do we bait Nate? Tell me. <laughs> well, first, I got to say, Otani with a splitter down to Otani and it's a fly out. Of course it is, because Otani hit it so hard right. that yeah. it flew out rather than a ground out. Because uh, yeah. that, that's just the unicorn Otani. How do we beat Nathan Evaldi? Here's what you got to do. You got to attack the inner half of the zone. When pitches come in and they're on the inner half toward the righty or the lefty, you got to turn on those pitches. Hmm. Don't reach for the cutter. Don't reach for the slider. Don't reach for the splitter away because you're just going to ground out or strike out. Actually, listen, Mike, listen, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, Chad Wallach had a strikeout on the cutter away. He yeah. reached for it and didn't make any contact. And he only had five Ks against us, Mike, but uh, the five Ks that he did have were guys chasing things. Yep. Uh, you've got to take the walk because his splitter is going to drop below the strike zone. Now, the caveat to that, you have to understand the umpire strike zone. And we have this horrible umpiring crew that's been doing the <laughs> yeah. entire Texas series so far. Going to make it difficult. You need to learn whoever's behind home plate tonight. You need to learn their zone and what the bottom of their zone is is so they need to make sure that if that splitter is down and out of the zone you lay off of it and if he's going to throw it down and catch the bottom of the zone and the umpire calls it a strike well learn from that because that's the established zone hopefully uh you got to crush the curveball when it's up and again yeah. that was to taylor ward getting a nice single off of that and it was just dead center of the zone last time out finally Mike, he throws 94, 95. You can't miss the four-seam fastball in the zone. You've got to catch up to it. You've got to be prepared for it. I know he's throwing a curveball and a slider and a splitter and whatnot, but if you see straight paint coming right at you, you got to swing it and you got to hit it hard because otherwise you're going to be in a long in for a long night of Nathan Eovaldi. We got to get to this Rangers bullpen because that's their weak point. It wasn't last night. But we know that they're the ones who surrender a lot of runs.
right, Johnny, we are just uh, less than 40 games away from the trade deadline. And I know! There's a there's a debate in my heart. Maybe it's, there's a debate in your heart. Do, do we trust GM, PM, and do we trust him making the right moves for this team? And the way that uh, we gain trust with somebody is let's see what they've done. So let's take a look at some of the off-season moves that he's made and also some mid-season, in-season moves that he's made. First one that stands out to me, Johnny, is the Jake Lamb signing. And I know that that's mm. not the biggest thing that he did, but that one stands out because Jake Lamb is somebody that we needed on this team at some point because he had a big home run, two big home runs that helped us win some games, one against the Brewers. He's been great off the bench, and he is in the minor leagues right now for us, can play some first, can play some third. Johnny also signing Brandon Drury this offseason mm-hmm. for a two-year deal was a big move. He signed Matt Moore this offseason, and Moore is actually progressing and getting healthier. Could be back sooner rather than later. Can you imagine this bullpen with Matt Moore? They would have won that game last night. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, Carlos Estevez, who has been just a lights-out closer and has been fantastic for us. We haven't had a closer like that since, I think, what was it, uh, the guy Houston, back in like Houston 2014, Street. Houston Street, yeah, yeah, um, made a trade for Hunter Renfro, and we gave up a bunch of junk, literally. Yeah. Uh, Jansen yeah. Junk was a part of that, and so, yeah. uh, and then we traded for Geo, and and that was fantastic. And then the season before, Johnny, he traded for Ohapi and Moniac. We did give up some pieces that we were in love with, and um, we we were sad to see go. One being Marsh, but yeah. th- both of those trades have been impactful for this team, and then. He's really drafted well, and especially yeah. in this last season, he got Bachman and Joyce and Silseth, and of course, Zach Neto mm-hmm. has been just a king. And then he's reworked this bullpen in season yeah. with Soriano and Davinsky, and of course, Estevez being the guy that's going to be at the end of this bullpen, and took a risk with the young guys. We mentioned Zach Neto already, Chapman, Joyce. He, he's really overhauled this team, and and what I would assume, what I'm kind of landing on is that he he knows what this team needs and he knows the pieces that this team needs. Those are some of the good moves, Johnny. Was there anything, before we make a decision on if we can trust him or not, was there anything that you think that, that Perry has missed on so far this season? <laughs> well, this season, not so much. I, I am glad that they didn't wait too long on Ryan Tapera. Yeah. Um, I think it's great that they're giving Jaime Berea the chance in the rotation rather than... Jose Suarez, um, Mike, I, I I contend, and and as we talk about potential trades, they needed another starter. Yeah, they could, they should not have gone into the season with the rotation and hope that everything was going to be fine with the six man rotation. Agreed. I mean, they didn't really have the six man figured out, right? They didn't have that figured out until Griffin Canning was like, "Here I am, I'm good." Yeah. Um, I think that they should have signed somebody else and bumped at the time, Jose Suarez to the number six spot. Um, and then they wouldn't have had to rely on him as much the way that they did to start the season. Yep. However, now that Griffin Canning is part of that rotation, Mike, they, they still need another starter. So I think he missed there. I also, I love that he was aggressive with Zach Neto, but that was a, that, that was by virtue of kind of failing upward Yeah, because Mm -hmm. they didn't sign anybody. They didn't get anybody really to play shortstop other than they were like, well, maybe Gio can do it or Renjifo or or Fletcher. Uh, They they didn't have an answer for that. And so I think my contention there is like, Zach Neto's phenomenal and a potential rookie of the year. I just think like, was he really in your plans for 2023 when this season started? I don't buy that, but I am glad that he took a risk on him and that it's working out because how often do you see 22 year old guys who were in college ball last year already in the majors after 47 minor league games 
I, I think that they failed upward in that sense, but I'm really glad that it worked out the way that it did. Um, yeah, as far as as far as this year, again, I think the the starting rotation needed some help coming into this season, and I think that's where we need to go in by the trade deadline. Isn't it funny how in April we were like, oh, we got to fix the bullpen. Oh, yep. we got to fix this or that. We got to fix catching. Well, that's why we play all 162 because now here we are in the middle of June and we're talking about the starting rotation. That's yeah. that's the biggest need, obviously, to me. But what do you think? Yeah, I think it's the biggest need. I think we need an extra arm there. Isn't it cool that we don't have to worry about catcher with with Chad Wallach and Matt Fyus? Those guys have been fantastic. Johnny, if you take all of those pieces and you put them in, in, in on the table, we lay them out in front of us, do, do they communicate, yeah, we should trust Perry with whatever he does at the trade deadline, or are you kind of hesitant to trust Perry at the trade deadline? I, I trust that he will get us better. I trust that he will make this Angels team better. What I don't know is how far he will go and how willing he would be to get the piece that will put the Angels over the edge. Let's say, for example, I, this is silly because I know he's struggling right now, and but like you want a frontline guy. You mm -hmm. want Sandy Alcantara, right? Mm -hmm. He's struggling, obviously. Will, will GMPM do what it takes to get somebody on that level or a, a Lucas Giolito or a Dylan Cease, right? Guys who are probably going to be available like from the White Sox yeah. in their starting rotation. They need they need like a, a real number two behind Shohei Otani that they don't have right now. I know that Detmers is coming around. I know that Jaime Barrio has been good since he's come in, but, but you need a number two and you need somebody who can slot in and be a great one-two punch Otani and whoever this guy is. So yes, I think that Perry will improve the rotation. I don't know how far and how willing he is to go to get that piece because mm. I could see us being like, yeah, we got Michael Lorenzen. He's an improvement. He's having yeah. a good year. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you got to go all in. And, and so I'm interested to see what Perry's version of all in looks like, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Cause what I was going to say is uh, just listening to what you're saying, like Dylan cease, as an example, would be a great get, but they mm -hmm. end up getting Lorenzen, right? Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and, and Lorenzen's great at number four, <laughs> like Dylan right. Cease or Giolito could be a great number two. They need somebody that can come in and shut it down. And we've seen why that hasn't worked so far this season after Otani, Tyler Anderson has just not been it. Mm -hmm. And who has been, it has been Griffin Canning, right? That's mm -hmm. been such a, such a find. So I, I do trust Perry to make our team better, but I'm with you. I I'm struggling to, to trust that it's going to be better to like get us to the playoffs or get us to the World Series. I feel like I feel like we're going to get a B plus player instead of an A plus player, depending on what we need at that time. I feel like that's that's going to be the move, and maybe it's because we're he's restricted financially, or maybe because he doesn't want to give up the biggest pieces. But if this team is going to go far, I think we need a guy that is just a flex, that is an A plus player that helps really make an impact. And I think if we get some of those guys that have been struggling on other teams. I think that they can come here and not struggle as much, maybe even really improve because this team is really good and playing on a bad team sometimes kind of messes with you mentally and messes with you physically. And so if we got a Giolito or a Cease or Sandy Alcantara, like I would love to have those guys on our team. We'd have to give up a lot, but I'd love to have those guys on our team. Yeah. I, I, you always had to get a wrestling reference in, in there. A B oh, yeah. plus player versus an A plus player. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm confident that that's that, that some of these guys who are struggling, I think if you take them 
and put them on a team that really wants to win right now, like the Angels, versus being on the White Sox, who's who are really struggling. Now, I know Sandy's on the Marlins, and they're having a great last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. I think you got to make a statement. You got to go out there and 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 brag about what you did and the trade that you made to get a guy to come to Anaheim and pitch for you. Uh, Perry's got to go big. He's got to go big or go home. And I think this is the year to do it. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Remember, they play the Rangers tonight at 5.05. And you're going to get a full recap of that game from us on our socials, YouTube, Instagram. And you can catch every pitch of that game. The hometown broadcast is found on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, give us a follow at Locked On Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Send in your questions for Fan Mail Friday because we're answering them, right, Mike? Yes, we're going to answer all your questions. You can tweet at us, send us messages. You can comment below if you're watching on YouTube. And again, reminder, uh, we're going to recap tonight's game on our socials so that we can have a full recap and answer your questions on Fan Mail Friday tomorrow on Locked On Angels. Hey, get in our voicemail line too. The the voicemail is in the episode description, so it's easy for you to remember. Whether you're on the audio side or the YouTube side, you can find the voicemail line there. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for being here with us, and we'll see you back here tomorrow for more Locked On Angels.